Nelson in looking for Garza backs on and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi all and welcome to Five Strike Final, the only God damn it, Joe. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, do I have to start over? Nah, I'm going to run with it. We're going to okay. run with it. Screw it. We'll do it live. Uh, hi, y'all, and welcome to Five Strike Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. I'm Jay Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is over there. Say hey, Joe. Hey, Sam. Hey, man. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got doing like good. eight hours of sleep last night, so I'm feeling oh, energetic, man. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. We are, are fresh off our uh, interview, H Dad, we did with, with Spencer Hall of SB Nation, SB Nation editor at large, Spencer Hall uh, from Everyday Should Be Saturday fame. If you haven't given that a listen, go listen to that. I'm still super, super excited about it. Uh, but now we move on. We move on past uh, our interview with Spencer Hall and past the U.S. Open Cup, which do you have literally anything to say about the U.S. Open Cup? Yeah, I do. Oh, God, why? Why do you have things to say about the U.S. Open Cup? I thought it was great. That was, like, one of the most enjoyable Atlanta United matches I've watched in in recent times. No, I mean, in, at least in the last, like, five or six games, at least we got to beat up on somebody. You, that is you nice. didn't like that? That's positive, I guess. I don't know. I was... You, you were... You, me, I can't believe you're mad at me. You were, you were tweeting that we had won the U.S. Open Cup last night. I, I assume that's how so that worked. You were so excited. And as far as I know... That hasn't been disproven. <laughs> no, no. I, so you, you very well may, may be right. I was uh, very disinterested. Normally, with like on a regular MLS game day, when I'm I'm firing off the, those hot, fresh tweets right into right into people's faces, uh, it's got a lot of like interaction and everything like that. Uh, U.S. Open Cup, a little bit more <laughs> pathetic. On yeah. those, so at some point, I just started tweeting about Richard Dreyfus. Uh, I don't know how even that came up. Um, I started inventing U.S. Open Cup slogans, like uh, befitting of the competition, uh, such as U.S. Open Cup, where corners happen, uh, U.S. Open <laughs> Cup, uh, throwing, excitement, soccer, because someone tried to like throw the ball in from like 40 yards out. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, U.S. Open Cup, where the referees are just a little bit apathetic, too. A uh, whole bunch of fun things going on there. Um, I do not care for it. I was not super excited about. It. I was happy to see Andrew score. I was happy to see Romario score. Yeah, uh, those are my thoughts. Those are my. I thoughts. mean, to be serious, I, I really did enjoy the the way we played. Um, we were back in a four two three one, which I've been clamoring. We both been clamoring for sure. for for a while here, and I I thought it looked good. Um, we got to see Sal Zizzo play left back. Who wouldn't love to you know watch? That's oh, that's in the U.S. Open Cup slogan uh, to see Sal where Sal Zizzo happens. But I thought we played well. I thought um, one of the things that really struck out to me was how much more effective Barco looked in a wide area than when he played centrally. And I thought Carlton, and maybe maybe it was just because Carlton on, on as a knock on effect was also way more effective in a central area than mm-hmm. he was playing wide but i thought that um you know that that can be telling for the first team down the road i think barco is a left like i think he's a out and out left winger cutting inside i think if we can get him in those situations in the league um his numbers will explode i think he'll go through the roof in terms of assists and 
assist in goals if he can get in those one-on-one situations, running at fullbacks, taking them on, coming inside. It's so dangerous. He creates so much. There were points during the game where Ezekiel looked like when a varsity player jumps down to like the middle school team to kind of help them just kind of learn what it's like to play against really talented competition. He was just head and shoulders uh, better than most of the players on the field at any given point in that game. He was really, really fun to watch, but, honestly. But the funny the funny thing is, yeah, totally agree with what you said, but he's also like only Andrew Carlton is younger than him on the field. <laughs> so right. He's like, you know, it's like in actual age, he's like, he. I mean, he is a kid. Um, <laughs> so he's, you know. The combined age of the two goal scorers last night was 36. You had a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old. And then you had Romario score later, but the first two, uh, 36 there. And then, of course, Romario is only 24, 23. So it reminds fun to me see of, the youths. Fun to see the youths get a little time. It reminds sure. me of like playing rec now that I'm um, old, old as hell. And uh, like somebody's brother who like is in college comes like for one game because he's on spring break or whatever. And... Uh, and he's just like dominating everyone else out there because he's you know young and fit, and it's uh, shocking to see. Uh, sometimes it's embarrassing. It, it actually, there's a lot of self reflection that goes on when uh, <laughs> when someone of that age starts uh, dominating you physically like that. Gosh, brutal, brutal. I would not know what it's like, Joe Patrick. Oh, that's right. You 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 uh-huh. are that kid. I'm exactly that kid, and if I see blood in the water during a rec game with a bunch of older dudes who maybe haven't run in like three years, I'm going for it. I'm going all out. Going all out. Uh, It'll take an all-out effort for Atlanta United in this one coming up against a New York City FC team that has been very solid on the year. They come in to this one second in the supporter. Well, not second in the supporter. I believe they were like third, uh, but... Second in the Eastern Conference right now uh, on, they're sitting on, I have it right here, 27 points, uh, 1.93 points per game. Uh, that's good for fourth in the MLS. In MLS, did I say the, the MLS? MLS? Am I booted from this HDAD now? Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, 1.93 points per game in MLS. That's uh, fourth in the league. So a talented team, but, but Joe Patrick sputtering a little bit into this one, to mm-hmm. say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They uh well, where do we start? God. Yeah, okay, really. so they're losing their coach. They just lost one of their best players. And mm-hmm. they've got two guys missing for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Things are going pretty, pretty good for NYCFC. That's yeah. A uh, little rough. A little rough. Uh, Patrick Vieira, manager. All indications that he is off to France. Uh, the team name is Joe Patrick. Uh, nice. Nice. Right? I believe it's Nice, yes. You may say, no. I've been to Nice, actually. Oh, look at that. They have a nude beach there. Well, good. Would you like like me to continue? No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. All we know is that Vieira is most likely on his way there. Uh, The rumor, the report, is that immediately after this one, he's gone. He's out of here. So... That could be big going down the stretch. It's just more bad news for NYCFC, who, like you said, Joe Patrick received more bad news about one of their best players in the midfield. Uh, Yanhel Herrera, New York City midfielder, will miss the remainder of the 2018 season. Went under the knife for an arthroscopic ankle procedure. He's expected to make a full recovery, but he's out for the year. Out for the year. So yeah, trailing in sh- behind him. 
it's, it's actually is. a shame. He's a really promising player. Um, Twenty years old. Yeah, he. I mean, he has well. he has heights beyond MLS for sure. Like he he will be. I mean, he's a Man City guy. Like he's a he's a Manchester City player basically that's playing for New York City. No, twenty year old Venezuelan midfielder. I imagine he'll be on the national team with Joseph at some point. He's that kind of talent. Had a whole lot of good looking stats. If you're just looking at that from a base level, about four point two tackles per game for. Yanhel Herrera started in 12 games, uh, subbed into a couple more, and was just a really steady presence there for NYCFC. It's a real, real big loss. On top of that, you have two folks off for Costa Rica in the World Cup. They played England yesterday, I believe it was, and I think Rashford scored a really big goal. Yeah, it was, right. really ni- it was really nice. I believe they lost that. So they weren't huge factors. Uh, you're looking at Ronald Matarita. And Rodney Wallace, uh, Matarita at a Wallace. One more time. I said I was mimicking your. <laughs> it sounds like Margarita, your, your pronunciation. I'm it's sure like, that's not Matarita. <laughs> you know, you, you got to put some. Gosh, I'm throwing that South Georgia draw on it too. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Rodney Wallace Matarita. also. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> Matt, Wallace also gone. Uh, they both had about four starts between them. Not a huge loss for NYCFC. It is just one more thing, though, on top of a whole lot of bad. Right now, they come into this one on the heels of yet another 4 nothing loss to the New York Red Bulls. Uh, their last five matches in MLS, a 4 nothing New York Red Bulls loss. A 2-2 draw at LAFC. A 4 nothing win against Colorado, which doesn't count for anything. Nashville basically did that last night. Uh, 3-1 loss to Houston on the road as Albert Elise just torched them in a 3-0 win in their last MLS game against Orlando City as the Lions are in free fall with their fourth straight loss. And then Wednesday, of course, the U.S. Open Cup 4-0 loss to the Red Bulls. What is, what is up with this team not playing New York Rebels? I mean, they are terrible against them. They've lost, like, what, 7-1? Three yeah. nothing or four nothing earlier this season once and then four, four nothing, nothing lost there yeah, and four, four nothing lost so four nothing twice. Good lord! Well, there's the blueprint. If yeah, Sata's looking at anything right now. He's he's looking at what Jesse Marsh's New York Red Bulls been able to do against this team. Yeah, and, and it's blown him up. And which, to me, that's pressing high, putting players yep. forward, which is not something that we're capable of doing really in a three-five-two. Um, by then, that's what Tata says. Um, mm-hmm. That we're not able to press as effectively, so yeah, I think I think that is the blueprint. But now here's the thing: here's what, where it gets a little tricky. Here, Joe Patrick, Joseph, mm-hmm. Theodore Patrick. I wish that well, was my middle name. I know you do. I know you do. NYCFC at home this year in the Bronx under the bright lights of Yankee Stadium. Six wins, no draws, no losses. Wow. Undefeated at home so far are the citizens, the pigeons, as we'll call them the rest of the way, I think. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. There's a big disparity right now, of course, with, with most teams, of course. They're mm-hmm. going to struggle away. But it's been a huge, huge difference for NYCFC. Yeah, I mean, MLS here has probably one of the largest discrepancies in, in the world, really, in terms of uh, home and away spreads and how often the home, how big of an advantage it is to be a home team uh, in this league. But that is that is pretty crazy to be, uh, yeah, not, not have dropped points yet at home this year. Um, they obviously have a, a very unique situation there. 
um, playing in that stadium, that very awkward, the awkward dimensions that teams are just not prepared for. And we saw last year, we were not prepared for it. We went in there and played super naive. Um, we tried to just do our regular thing pretty much <clears throat> and uh, did not work out well for us at all. We were constantly getting caught out with our fullbacks way too high up the field and our center backs were just in 1v1 situations with their forwards running at them. I actually missed that one. I was either graduating or at a graduation party, mm. I think, at that one. Uh, but every indication is the Tata done messed up. Yeah. Well, I, w- I, w- I wish I was in your shoes uh, for that for that <laughs> that day for more reasons than one. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was not good, and I think it was it was an early kick. Um, so that's why, like th- this week, I was getting bad vibes about this game. Um, mm-hmm. Just felt very similar. Um, the oh, yeah, one we, one we good thing that go came out that. of the game was we we saw a Carlos Carmona uh, banger. Uh, that was great that was volley his best goal in yeah. the last yeah. for sure. Uh, this one is an early start time as well. Again, it's on the road in the Bronx in Yankee Stadium, twelve thirty p.m. start time. That's on Saturday. Uh, the channel is Fox Sports Southeast to watch this one. You can also check out Mike Conti and Jason Longshore on the radio broadcast on ninety two point nine. The game on your FM dials. But we did see NYCFC in Atlanta uh, just a few weeks ago. It feels like, but a two-two draw in that one. And Joe Patrick, without looking at the show sheet, this this carefully curated show sheet I have made for us to to refer to, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm not looking. All our sources of knowledge on the page. I want you to tell me who scored the two goals in this game for Atlanta. Oh gosh, um, Nagby, no. He had one taken away, didn't he? I'm pretty sure was that the one he where he where uh, there was the inter yeah there was, that was the interference. Sean Johnson, I remember it was Sean Johnson who bumped into uh, Joseph Martinez. Um, okay, so I'm 0 for one. I'll just give it one more guess to see if I can get 50, percent and I will go with um hell. I'll go with Miggy. No. <laughs> I'm not sure if we sat here and, and like went down the roster, you'd be able to really get both of them within about 10 or so guesses. The first was Greg Garza in the 29th minute. And the uh, second, the second was Chris McCann. Oh my God. <laughs> that was the header. That was the header. Yeah, that was the header. Where I dropped everything and looked directly, I believe it was at Sam Franco for a mouse of the South, and went, "Are you kidding me?" It was um, it was surprising to say the least. Wow! No, Twenty ninth minute goal from Garza Villa gets a penalty on just a beautiful move uh, through the midfield that put in Joe Inge Burgett. Uh, he gets taken down by Parkhurst in the box. Villa steps up to the spot. Thirty eighth minute. Makes it 1-1. McCann puts us ahead. No, really. McCann puts us ahead 2-1 in the 56th minute. And then Alexander Ring scores that banger of a goal from distance God, to give us that was a, final That was a beautiful goal. That was a beautiful goal. Stunning. Just stunning. Uh, those, are my, those are my favorite kinds of goals. Like, I know uh, some people like the ones that with a lot of interplay, you know, one-touch passing that kind of navigates its way through defense. I just love a 30-yard smash. Yeah, I believe I believe it went off the underside of the crossbar. Too. I, I loved ridiculous. I loved his too because like there was no um, there was no run up to get the power. The ball was just kind of under his foot, 
and uh, he just kind of rolled it out a bit and just took a whack, and it was absolutely perfect. I remember, I, I remember, I remember looking at the uh, expected goals plot after that game, and that was like the least. That was like the least. Um, you know, the wor- basically the worst shot they took in that game, and they got a goal <laughs> for it. But expected goals, of course, being a chance. Uh, how good a chance was. So that was yep. their worst chance of the game. Was one that they scored and tied on, and it's kind of relevant to their team. I mean, it's, it seems to be a theme with them throughout this season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll get into it just a little bit here, and hopefully not scare off people too much from getting deep into the analytical type things but new york city fc so far this year leads mls with 29 goals for they have 18 goals against which does not lead mls but is still pretty solid that 11 goal differential one of the best in the league looking at the chances they've created and taking the average of conversion from those chances like how good those chances are what a normal regular old player would do with those chances they have an xg4 of 20.2 and if you're keeping track at home that's nine goals difference from what their actual output is that is a ridiculous level of inconsistency is i think is how you would just say oh it. just uh, basically they have the opposite problem of us everyone's talking right. about we're bad at finishing they're apparently great at finishing this season um, or they're just lucky. Yeah, that's what that, like the that is. Like Ring chance. That I mean, is, that, a prime example. Okay, yeah, they are lucky. We are unlucky. We we are not bad at finishing. We're just been unlucky. And same with they're the opposite. They have just been lucky. That's essentially how, these things. These things. If they went forever, they would even out um, relatively. But you know, yeah, they they've been fortunate this year, just like we were last year. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's. Maybe starting to regress a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see them begin to regress in a big way, even just based on, one, they're losing their manager. Yeah. They're losing uh, Jan Hell. They're losing a couple other folks. And it's just, it wouldn't be surprising to see NYCFC fall off just a little bit here. They're not going to keep up that home record either. It's just not going to happen. I don't think there's no way, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, th- I think what's likely to happen when you get in these situations where you lose your manager, you kind of lose your, um, well, I'm just theorizing here. They might be lo- kind of lose their way of playing, their their um, their strategies to unlock defenses and, and get good chances. And typically what happens in this situation is that you just see players resorting to the kinds of goals or the kinds of shots that Alexander Rings took that, that time, just like, you know, pot shots from around the box and what that will likely do. Um, well, what I would think I'm just hypothesizing here is that it would kind of boost up their XG because, because they're getting a ton. They would just have a lot more of those shots with a low XG rating. Um, and they're probably not going to score many of them at all. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would kind of expect them to not be as effective. Yeah, we'll just have to see if it pays off Saturday. It very well may not. It very well may not. It's a scary team. It's a team. Yeah, having said this, we're going to lose 4-1. Exactly, exactly. On shots that are all from outside the box, just because mm-hmm. sports are dumb. Of course. Sports are really, really dumb. I uh, did talk about Yanhil Herrera being out, replacing him most likely is either Ebenezer Ofori or Tommy McNamara. Neither of them are good soccerers. They're not good really at all. Uh, in that 3-1 Houston loss, before he gave up a goal essentially all by himself. He did it. Good job, Ebby. I hope people call him <laughs> Ebby. 
I really, really do. And Tommy McNamara is like more of a meme than a than a player. Yeah, as someone who's relatively unfamiliar with with the meme lore of MLS years past, I still see Tommy <laughs> McNamara pop up from time to time and think, "Oh yeah, I can totally see why that guy got memed into oblivion." It's a very uh, interesting looking dude for sure. For sure, yeah, good. yeah. He's very it's, it's he's a big he, step down. I like he's very college soccer looking to me. Like that's how I imagine <laughs> yes. like college soccer players look. And Tommy McNamara is the perfect college soccer name. He definitely played like I don't know, like Fordham or something, some weird <laughs> random yeah. New York, New Jersey type school. Mm-hmm. Wherever Fordham is, I don't know if I messed that up or not. No one at me. No one at me. <laughs> Dear God. Let's see. Let's see. But you still. Even with all that, you got to deal with folks like David Villa and Maxa, Maxi Morales, who are just insane. They're just insane. It's a, it's an, it's incredible to me how good David Villa still is, man. Like I know we I, we've talked about it before. Um, it's just incredible to me. It's just it's it's amazing to see a player that is so good that it just doesn't really have it anymore uh, physically, but can still he has enough. And he's just so smart about the way he runs. He's a lot. He kind of reminds me of uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. They get it done in a different mm-hmm. way. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just that that kind of guy where he's not going to overpower you, but he's just going to you know deceive you and 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 ghost into positions where you're not looking and um, do all the things that a good striker does that allows them to score goals. Um, he's it's just incredible to watch him at this age uh, continuing to produce. Uh, Villa, I think I said Villa earlier because again, my southern accent is killing me. Mm-hmm. David Villa, uh, David <laughs> Villa, and Maxi Morales are both the old dudes at the Y just running court. You know, uh, yeah. Villa is thirty-six years old. Morales thirty-one. I didn't realize Morales was that old. Right, smoking yeah. people though, smoking people. Villa on the year eight goals, three assists. Morales six goals, three assists. Uh, they continue to be one of the deadliest pairings in the league, and they're, they're essentially carrying the team by themselves. Since Maxi Morales came to the league in 2017, the pair have been the league's most creative duo, making 46 chances for one another. So that means chances just created in between themselves. They've been the best in the league of, of any other pairing, better than Miggy and Joseph, better than uh, the two folks down in. Dallas, who I can't remember right now. I know one of them is Uriti. Mara Diaz. Yes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, if you slow them down, you slow down NYCFC. That's yeah. kind of the whole gist. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And the, how do and you do it? it? No one knows. Well, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, that's what I was going to lead on to. I, I think that... Um, you know, those players are central players. They're not wingers. And I think that it would be more beneficial for us in this game uh, to play a 4-2-3-1 because you add that guy in the middle of the field. Um, when you're playing in a 3-5-2, you kind of are giving your full, your wingbacks or fullbacks a little protection, right? Because you have those wide center backs and you, you're giving them support centrally. Um, and you're allowing those center backs to take on runners that are coming into the box when when you, when the ball is in those wide areas and be able to be able to mark those guys who are coming in. I don't think that's the way this game is going to be played. I think I think uh, New York City is going to try to play more centrally and they that's just kind of their style in general because of, 
you know, the way that they've kind of, it's been ingrained in them playing on that narrow field. And I think that in a game like that, you're just going to want to add another body in midfield, congest things more in that zone. And kind of, for, I, th- I think in this kind of game, you want to actually force them out wide instead of kind of giving yourself um, protection in those areas. Instead of giving your, yourself protection in wide areas, you want to actually force them out that way. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. They have been getting a little bit of production out wide. Most of it, almost all of it, honestly, has been coming from Ishmael. I'm going to mess this up too. Ishmael <laughs> to Jory Shardy. No idea how you say it. I'm guessing that's close. Seven goals, one assist for him. He's very, very talented when he's on the left side of the midfield and four and three appearances, rather, on the left side of the midfield. He's got four goals everywhere else in his, I believe, uh, nine, ten starts. He's only got four goals, or he's only got one goal, excuse me. So when he's out the left, he's very, very dangerous elsewhere. Hasn't been exactly stellar, uh, but yeah, still, you know. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, that's the, New York City will um, see. I just think they will try to do this less, kind of because of what they're working with in this game. Um, I know. I remember specifically when they played in Atlanta. I remember watching them on goal kicks, the way they align themselves on the field. I always think that that's kind of like a good way to judge the way a team wants to play is to look at um, how the players line up on the field during a goal kick because it kind of sets up, you know, where their where their starting positions are going to be. And uh, their their wingers would stand as high up the field and staying on side as possible, which means they they were actually standing. Um, and wide, so they would basically be on the sideline, like the, with their boots on the touchline, and standing behind our wingbacks. So um, they wanted to, and they did. The, I think the reason that they did that was because they wanted to force those wingbacks back. And if they could do that, then they were going to just control the game because we wouldn't have enough bodies in midfield to to press and close down and, and win the ball off of them. So I think that they may try to look at those areas, but I, like I said, I just don't think in in, in on that field. It's like when you get a ball in a wide area, you're not really in that much space. Like that's why I don't think like a, right. a player like Julian Gressel would be as effective in this game in the right wing back roles because it's going to be hard to make those those switches to him. You know, when we switch the ball across the field to him, and sometimes he's in a ton of space uh, at home. I don't think he's going to be in that much space in, to begin with um, to even find those diagonal balls uh, in New York City FC Stadium, uh, which is also Yankee Stadium. So. Um, yeah, I do want to mention, and I don't know if you know this or not, but the last couple games or so, at least the last two games, NYCFC has gone with a back three, which poses some interesting questions to how we want to match up with them, I think. And those were, one of them was the home game against Orlando City, which they won. The next one was the one where they got torched by New York. So interesting that's not been the norm for that's them interesting this year. That, that's interesting that's a new switch yeah i mean i remember when uh i was actually watching the first hudson river derby uh when the one in the league not the one that was played a few days ago and um yeah they i remember they went they switched to a back three in that game for the second half and i that was at red bull arena so that was not at home um but they were actually way more effective in that half, and maybe maybe that was because New York Red Bulls kind of ran themselves into the ground in the first half because they took like a three nothing lead in the first half. Um, but they actually played really well in the second half. They could have honestly um, made it a game. They they had like two or three chances, great chances that they missed. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I wonder yeah, if that when had, they do that, they'll have his, two his, his, up top. I, I wonder if that had changed Vieira's uh, kind of his his tactical plan. But also, you know, you, you just got to wonder if he's out the door. Is he calling the shots in this game? It's all very confusing with 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 how it's going to play out with him kind of on his way out. Yeah, you got to wonder where the motivation is there for the players if right. you're kind of just waiting for your manager to skip out and go to France. Yeah, um, when they do go with that three four. Three five two, whatever you want to call it. Three mm-hmm. four one two, whatever. Uh, up top, Via, and usually paired with either uh, Burgett or Jesus Medina, who's been really, really disappointing this year. By the way, I think a lot of people expected him to yeah. come in and be on the same level as Miguel Almiron, mm-hmm. which is super unfair, kind of just because they're both Paraguayan, I think, mm-hmm. and exciting and young DPS. Uh, just two goals to assist for him. Yeah, yeah. Ex- um, but on the other side of the coin, expected assist, expected goals. I'm oh, sorry. Pretty low. Uh, but yeah, they'll they'll put one of those two up top, and then Morales will tuck in behind. Well, I was going to say on the other side of the coin, I I've, I've been actually really impressed with uh, Burgett. I think he's been it's he's so weird. He's like uh, he's he, he's like lumbering around the field. It looks like to me. Um, yeah, he's not a he doesn't I'm look a, athletic I'm gonna stop at all. You there. I'm gonna stop you there because <laughs> I, I said this a lot after the after the first game, right? We saw with them where I was just freaking out. He was maybe the best player in the field. I thought for that entire yeah. game. Since then, no goals, no assists, nothing, not a whole lot. Mm. Honestly, as threatening as he looked well, in that game, he only has one goal all year. Well, I'll be perfectly uh, we honest. I was good. only. <laughs> Solely basing that opinion on that one game that I well, saw. Well, there so. you go. <laughs> I was super disappointed. He has this sweet like Viking beard going on and everything like that. His yeah. name is Joe Inge Burgett. <laughs> well, it's funny because like, I knew he going, to do well. I knew going into that game that he he was uh, he had been disappointing. I know. I remember them New York City FC fans finally saying like, "Oh, finally he shows up." It's like the first time he's he's actually been effective. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that was just a one off. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Never mind. Happens. No, no reason to fear him. Mm-hmm. He still could be scary against us, though. Who knows? Uh, a lot of oh, he'll score two goals for sure. After we've said that, yep. You're welcome, Joe. A lot of it will depend on how we kind of approach things, which is the big, big question coming into this. And I want to go ahead and just right off the bat, what formation are we going with tomorrow or Saturday, Joe Patrick? I've, I've, I've said it. A million times, I think we go four two three one or four three three in this game. <laughs> I think it'd be sure crazy to do anything with else. Teodal's but... diamond that he put out on Twitter. <laughs> that was terrible. Today. That was it awful. was amazing, and I love it. <laughs> I think we should absolutely try it. The the, the FIFA manager. I mean, maybe he. Was, I mean, wants he to see it on so many levels. He he had Leandro Gonzalez Perez playing like a box to box midfielder. Left midfield. <laughs> And I mean, maybe it was because he saw him like charging up the field last night. He was he like definitely made a charge trying to score a goal like in the 85th minute last night um, against Charleston Battery. Because why the hell not? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, he has mechanics. That is a back. true Yolo left back. Uh, it's it's interesting to say the least. But you no, know, no one else has figured out what works against these guys at home. I'm not saying I wouldn't enjoy seeing that lineup. <laughs> I just think it would end horribly. <laughs> <laughs> Which would severely hurt. They're two the very different level. things. Yeah, yes. well, that's true. Yeah, but we go four two three one. I, I think. The, what do you the think? Next you think four two three one? That, I would assume so. I would assume so. But I've said that for a while now, and yeah. it never seems to happen. Uh, I would love. It's going to be interesting to see if Tito plays. We don't know his availability yet. 
We've seen him on social media able to do some things, but who knows if he's ready to go a full 90. He did yeah. not play Wednesday. Um, just, just to elaborate on my thought process here a little ahead. more. Um, like I said, I kind of mentioned about the, you know, there's not as much area or there's not as much like open space in the wide areas and on this field. Um, so I, I, I don't really see why the three, five, two, I mean, that's one of the main benefits is you get, you have those wingbacks in such wide spaces. Uh, you can get the ball to them in some space, but I don't think that's going to be available for us in this game. And, uh, if you look, looking back to the game that we played last year that we talked about at the beginning of the show, um, that was just the one thing that killed us was having our fullbacks kind of out of position like that. And okay, if you're playing, we, we were doing that at the time with a four with a four in the back. So um, maybe with a three, you can still use those high wing those high fullbacks, and at least you have one more uh, defender back there to help on the on the counter. But I think you just generally in this game want to be more concerned about your vertical orientation. I think you want to just play narrow. I, I think in Yankee Stadium. You don't need to do be doing anything crazy with your fullbacks. That's kind of my, that, that, that's my that's my big my big point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of want like a Sal Zizzo performance from last night. You just want him just defend, just like just just be there. Don't do anything crazy. Don't try to like make any crazy overlapping runs. Um, and I mean, if you are the other the other fullback, needs to be cognizant of that and needs to be ready um, in case you lose the ball because New York City FC is just so good. In those transition moments of turning the ball, of turning you over, and then getting the ball to Villa or Burgett or Morales, and then just running at you, running at your back, your your back line. So um, I kind of want us to be like a little more direct, a little more narrow in this game, and just I, I think it's going to be ugly, to be honest. But that's how I'd rather see us play than to see us get carved open. Two things: first, you know who plays extremely vertically and extremely ver- direct. And also have two straight four nothing wins. <laughs> New York Red Bulls. <laughs> Second question. You know, you kind of touched on it a little bit talking about the fullbacks. Who plays fullback for us Saturday? Let's go both of them. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think it's probably Ambrose and Escobar. That's why I would. That's why I would put. So you're saying no Gressel. Yeah, I, th- I don't know if Gressel plays in this game. Although he could play. I mean, he could still play as like a right winger. Um, in, yeah, a, in, in, a, in a four two in a four two three one, but if Tito I don't has th- to come in for just like a thirty minute stint, that makes right, sense. Right? Yeah, I, I don't think Tito's going to be able to start this game. It looks like he might be able to play, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think you know. I, I, I well, I would love to see if I had my cho- if I if, it, if I had my choosing, I would just I would play Carlton. To be perfectly honest, like <laughs> I would play him for sixty minutes and then bring Tito on. But I think. I think he would be. I think playing Carlton would be more effective than playing Gressel. Just I'm just putting it out there. I mean, it's nothing against Gressel at all. I just think in this certain situation on this field, uh, I think you just want like a more dynamic, diminutive, better on the ball kind of player than Gressel is. Gressel is not kind of like a guy who's good in tight spaces. He wants to be out wide, whipping in those balls. And I just don't think he's going to have the have the time on uh, on the ball to to be able to do that in this game. Tata doesn't have the guts. You listen to this, Tata? I bet you won't. I bet you won't start Carlton. <laughs> oh, yeah. And by the way... That's going to work, right? Having said that, Gressel will definitely start. Of Gressel will always start. I mean, you got to say, if there's one thing obvious about this team is that Tata loves Gressel, which is fine. Gressel's great. I mean, I've got nothing wrong with it. But You're about to get so much hate mail. <laughs> can you, can you hear me backpedaling right now? 
on Twitter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, let's talk about Tito though, because okay. it's weird. It's really weird. I saw. I was at training uh, on Tuesday, and he was out doing like a, a workout on the field by himself with a with a physio. And then he walked off the field, like looking kind of pissed. Maybe, I, maybe I was just reading too much into it, and he was just not didn't have any kind of expression on his face. Um, but I thought he just looked like a little down. Um, he was he was definitely you know talking to the to the physio. Um, and at that point, I kind of realized that he wasn't going to play in this in the game yesterday. And but now but now there's like a bunch of social media video of him today, which seems kind of strategic. Um, seems like he might play. Might be a total smoke screen too. Could be, yeah. Hey, look at this guy that's totally healthy. Wink. You should definitely plan for him. I would not put that past Ryan Catanese. Oh no, not at all. And Caitlin Stevens too. He's devious like that. Yeah. Mm. Gosh. All righty. We got anything else to say before we get to the hate? Um. No. No, I don't. I don't think so. Do you have any idea what Tata said after the? After the game last night, the only thing I saw was the, about the VAR. He kind of yeah, he, I, I didn't even he look. quipped. He, he it was so funny. He tried to make a joke about VAR, and actually, what he said, he was trying to be like sarcastic about it, um, saying that oh, VAR would have reviewed all the goals that we scored. Actually, that is a one hundred percent accurate statement. They definitely would have because that is the rule that the VAR reviews every single goal to determine if there was an infraction in the buildup. So, good job, Tata, reading up on the rules. If I never have to talk about VAR again, I'll be okay with it. I'll be okay with it. Let's move on. Let's give you guys some reasons to hate. If you don't hate NYCFC already, we're going to give you a couple more reasons to maybe uh, change your mind. Change your mind here. Joe Patrick, give me a reason to hate NYCFC. Did they... Okay. Did you know that NYCFC was dumb enough to hire Jason Christ as their manager? Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> That's all you need. That's really. pretty dumb. That seems pretty dumb That's to me. Real dumb. And real dumb. Uh, hadn't worked for anyone else either. Yeah, he didn't. Mm-hmm. I think he didn't. He like job shadow Manuel Pellegrini and stuff for like a year. It was like this big thing. Ugh, what a terrible no manager. Yeah, I know he worked with Klinsman for a while. But besides that, I have not traced the path of Jason Christ. Nor do I want to. <laughs> nor do I want to. Uh, my reason to hate. I rate like. 4,000 words on this one time. You can just go check that out somewhere. It eventually all came back to Rudy Giolani. Take that for what you will. Uh, I don't have anything really specific this time, though. Nothing really specific. I mean, there are lots of reasons we could hate a lot. Yeah. New York. But I, they all feel like cop. It's like they're all too easy. Like, they're all too easy to point out. Um, I think my favorite. I think my favorite is this whole, oh, nobody likes us mentality that they somehow think makes them great. <laughs> yeah. If no one wants to like be your lab partner in science class, it's not because you're fucking awesome. It's because you're a dick. Okay? And that can go for a lot of things. New York and maybe some supporters groups here that happen to... <laughs> Let's talk about something else. They try, to, uh, they try to be punk rock, but it's like punk rock because we're rich and no one likes us because we <laughs> have advantages that no one else has. Right. Exactly. It's Which very is weird. annoying. Which is crap. It's total crap. It's fake. You're better it's off being like Atlanta fans and just puffing your chest out and just being totally obnoxious about it. I don't know about that. <laughs> 
It's a whole other discussion. Sam, take us to the next segment. Let's move on. (laughs) Play me out. Uh, Joe Patrick, let's just get a prediction and get the heck out of here for this one. Joe Patrick, what is your prediction? So, like I said, I was pretty down on the team coming into the week. Thought there was no chance we were going to win this game with an early start. It seems like one of those classic games where we fall asleep. Um, I think we're going to win. I'm gonna say two, I'm gonna say two one. I think we win two one. I, I think that they are just in such disarray right now. I know it's a road game in MLS. They are they haven't even dropped a point on the at home this season. Um, you know what? Draw, draw. Let's go with a draw. Oh, you coward! You copped out. You totally copped out. I have a draw. <laughs> but, okay, I'll go with the win. But I had it first. I didn't change it the last second. Copycat. I'll go with the win. I'll go with the win. Take it back. I like it. Stay with it. I have 2-2. Two, 2-1. Two. Two, Jeff Lerner-Witt scores both. There we go. There we go. 2-1, right. Chris McCann, and <laughs> Mikey Ambrose. Yes. Foolproof. Absolutely going to be correct. Absolutely going to be correct. All right. That'll wrap it up here for the preview show. We'll be back with you guys for a post-game version of the H-Dad. I think that will go out Monday. Yes, probably. Probably. Yep. We'll see. We'll Sunday, see Sunday night. Late like. Sunday. If, if you're uh, if you're an insomniac yeah. like Rob Bushry, then you can listen to it Sunday night. Perfect. There we go. But there it'll be go. up for your Monday morning commute. All right, folks. Again, 1230 start time available on Fox Sports Southeast 92.9 The Game. And follow us on Twitter and uh, rate five stars on iTunes or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. Bye, that, y'all. That sounds fun. Bye.